If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol Fermented Wheat Germ Extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at peak performance, achieving enhanced energy, quality of life, and optimal immune system performance. More than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extract's remarkable health benefits in a wide range of serious health challenges. Metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced, and it's it's the only one that's gluten-free. Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com. Or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Intelligent Medicine is a place where you can send your questions via email. Questions at drhoffman.net will enable you to get a question to us. I'm here with Layla Mutin because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Layla is our resident nutritionist. I'm the MD, and together we answer questions. So, how are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Very good, very good. <clears throat> And uh, we've got lots of questions to answer today, but first I'd like to uh, share with you, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition uh, last month published an article entitled Multivitamin Supplementation Improves Memory in Older Adults. It's a randomized clinical trial. Oh, an RCT, the gold yes, standard. exactly. That proves that so, your multivitamin is beneficial. That indeed. So it says, compared with placebo, participants randomly assigned to multivitamin supplementation had significantly better immediate recall at just one year. It took one year, uh, as well as across the three years of follow-up. So uh, what they're saying here is that we estimated that the effect of the multivitamin intervention improved memory performance above placebo by the equivalent of three years of age-related memory change. Wow. I'll take those three years. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. like, oh, to be 67 again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was like, my memory was like a flash drive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, three years. Okay, that's a modest improvement. Uh, I've seen this study uh, uh, assailed based on the methodology. Uh, but, you know, I think what it suggests is that there is a, a modest but real effect of the use of multivitamins. And I don't have all the details here uh-huh. uh, because I don't have a, com- I just have a summary of the article. But, you know, we might want to look at the type of multivitamin that it is. Yes. You know, was it, uh, you know, a one a day multivitamin or was it a higher quality multivitamin? Right. Uh, Better what, than the RDA. What did it take? Because some of the studies mm-hmm. which showed little benefit to multivitamins use multivitamins of poor quality with um, uh, not only small amounts of. Uh, the nutrients, but also uh, less bioavailable forms of the nutrients. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also using things like uh, beta-carotene, 
instead of mixed carotenoids and using a poorly absorbed magnesium like magnesium oxide, oxide yeah. and using uh, folic acid instead of uh, methylfolate, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. and using uh, dry vitamin E, synthetic vitamin E, instead of mixed tocopherols yes. or mixed tocotrienols, which mm-hmm. I think are the new buzz about the vitamin E family. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's an interesting uh, study. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that it's different strokes for different folks. And I think when you see a slight improvement, it means that some people didn't improve at all. Uh, some people improved very little bit, and some people got a real, you know, awakening. Yeah. Know, like in the movie, you know, Awakening. Yes. Uh, with um, About Dr. Oliver Sacks. Right. Uh, yeah. With the late, great uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the kind of thing that can happen sometimes, and we've seen it with yes. the right supplementation. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a multivitamin, so kind of a shotgun approach. It's not targeted. It's not right. like, let's focus on B12, mm-hmm. or let's focus on choline, which is <clears> a building block for acetylcholine. Because, or let's focus on essential fatty acids, which right. are now associated with protection against cognitive decline. Right. There's another study that I uh, reviewed on my weekend program that showed, it was very interesting, it showed uh, that there was, for every 0.1 grams of EPA DHA, mm-hmm. there was about an, uh, an, an 8 to 10% reduction in the risk of cognitive decline. So that's significant. So point one. Point one. Who takes point one? Yeah. I mean, everybody's I ta- taking at least a gram. When I'm taking a fish oil, it's like going to be maybe a gram, like yeah. ten times point one. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's great. So that's great. Does that mean I get eighty to ninety years of protection? No. Don't know. <laughs> the math might be a little more fuzzy on that. I might or depending on to minus 20. No. And it also depends on how much protection you actually need. Everybody's right. going to be a little it's, bit different. I'm sorry. It's percent protection. It's not yeah, like it's going to take you back eight to nine years. Right. You know, that's... Yeah. Oh, to be 50 again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, it, but it, it, what's interesting about this is that there's been so much maligning of multivitamins. Like, you don't need multivitamins... If you eat a healthy diet, you've heard that. A yeah, lot, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Even with a healthy diet, the soil is not what it used to be. Yeah. We need it as a measure of insurance, really, right. really, and, if anything. And again, for there, starters. there may be ideal humans who are genetically in really good shape. They have no medical conditions. They're not taking medications which deplete vitamins. That's a big factor, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have great digestion. And they're the lucky few who can go from cradle to grave at, you know, 98 years of age in yeah. great health and then just die peacefully in their sleep mm-hmm. uh, without a multivitamin. Uh, they, that may be the case, but mm-hmm. that does not argue against the broad application of multivitamins True. As, a, as a foundation. Yeah. You know, and then we do more specific because yeah. when I made a multivitamin, it's now I don't do that anymore, but the multivitamin that I... Uh, foundation formula. Foundation formula. Which yes. Means it's a foundation, like a house foundation. You're building a house, you know that the first step was building a foundation. Yeah. And then you build from there. Uh, so, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting study, and I think it kind of vindicates... Uh, I love that it's a randomized uh, control trial. Yeah. I mean, people can't just turn their noses up at it and say, huh, no. Placebo effect. Placebo, you know? exactly, right. exactly. It can be helpful, especially when it comes to addressing any deficiencies, even a little bit, it's helpful that way. So, 
We've got a nice comment here. Okay. With regard to your chat. GPT article. That was quick because it just came out. Yes, yes. In this week's, well, a lot of our our, our subscribers list they they read it right away as soon、mm. as it comes into their inbox. Right. We appreciate that. Yeah. So by this, the way, you can sign up for the newsletter if you don't you already get it. Just go to drhoffman.com. Yeah. Enter your、uh, email, and、um, you know I tell you, some people are reluctant to give out their email, and I get it. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, my yeah, email yeah. is full of junk. So I maintain two emails. I have one email which I don't look at very often. Yeah. For day to day stuff, and that's where I can sign up for stuff. Yeah. And then I'll go check it out. And I got to say, you know, a lot of the stuff there is it's 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 spam. It's like pitches advertising. True. So that's my way of coping with. That's how I cope with it too.、Yeah. Having a secondary email、right. where if I have to sign up for something, it goes、yeah. there, and, and it doesn't my clog my personal essential、inbox. stuff. Yeah. And then if like creeps in,、uh, you know, like I'll just send it to the. I'll designate、mm-hmm. something goes to the junk file.、There、Please don't do that with the the.、Um... Don't do that with the intelligent medicine newsletter. No. Okay. And speaking of which, those of you who have subscribed but it's not showing up, check your spam folder. It's it probably、yes. went there,、yeah. and make sure that you know you have us in the address list. Put、so、yes. Put it in the address、anymore. book so、right. that it is recognized. Yes.、Yeah. Well, we've got a nice comment here from Louise, Doctor Hoffman. I'm getting a good laugh at the attempt of this Chat GPT to generate content for your show. For the record, this cannot replace real doctors. This imposter didn't even come close to something you would write. I give it a big thumbs down. <laughs> Please write your own content going forward. I'd rather hear from the real Doctor Hoffman. Well, I second that, thank Louise. You. Thank you. That's yeah. Thank you for the uh, the. Uh, It doesn't have your character. Thanks for the in the writing. The accolades, right? You that's, know, that's another thing. Is character can be your faked. Style can be faked. You know,、yeah. you can say, "Write me,"、uh, which I did. I said, "Okay, we did an introduction to intelligent medicine," and I said, "Write it in Shakespeare style," and it wrote it in Shakespeare style. Well, a big. A facsimile of Shakespeare's yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, 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 yeah.、Uh, I think if Shakespeare were alive today, he Elizabethan. would be、uh-huh. he would just be, you know, mortified at what they <clears throat> claim is Shakespearean style. But it, it has that sort of, you know, old English, you know, thee and thou and all that stuff. Right, right. That, pray tell.、Uh, pray tell. <laughs> right. Those kind of things. So,、uh, what I would say about ChatGPT is, I think it's going to be a useful tool. And first of all. There's、yeah. no getting around it. It's、mm-hmm. here.、Uh, I think we need to tame it, manage it, and also, since it can innovate, it's a little scary because、uh, there was one thought experiment about how Chat GPT could get around controls and wrest control from humans、mm. because it has the ability to think through problems and not just. You know, so we need to really be concerned. And some really important、mm-hmm. IT people are saying that ChatGPT could be the end of civilization、mm. because it could say to itself,、um, "The imperative is to protect humans from themselves," and they could then enslave us. Yeah, you know, disarm us and enslave us, and you know that might be a logical, the ultimate logical conclusion of.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Artificial intelligence and machine learning is. If you notice, I see it already in my in my Outlook email. 
AI above as one of the options is to use AI. Yeah. It's already there. It's like, right. whoa. But for, it wasn't there yesterday. I think for mundane think. tasks, you know, this is the way I look at it, is that ChatGPT is going to become for writing mm-hmm. what the Roomba is for vacuuming. Yes. But the Roomba, you if you... I mean, I'm actually thinking of getting one, but I don't really want to get one. A Roomba's not going to climb stairs. Yeah, and I and come down into your sunken living room or right. up on a platform or some other. It, thing. It's not going to get into those really kind of hidden spaces, exactly. And uh, it's going to break, and it's going to you know whatever run out of power, and it could be more of a nuisance. You know, it's like yet another thing to worry about. But well, when it comes to writing, there are certain mundane writing tasks. Mm-hmm. So for example, we were discussing. Um, I like to cook, but yeah. I hate recipes. Oh. I just hate writing out recipes. Now, you actually have the patience to, when you sometimes, because listeners always, when we say, oh, this was really great, they say, send us a recipe, and I go, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to spend like two hours like writing down, and then and I don't even remember the ingredients. I just put a dash of this and a little bit of that, and yeah. what temperature did you do it? I don't know. I put oh, it on maybe medium. through, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but for, if, if, you, yeah. if you prompt chat GPT, like, uh, last night I made um, uh, I made um, uh, uh, sausage and peppers mm-hmm. with onions, mm. like Italian style with tomato sauce. Yes. And you know, some people can say, "Oh, send me your recipe, Doctor." It's like I don't want to sit and do that. But yeah. if I prompted ChatGPT, ChatGPT would probably render me a recipe. Sure. There are even services right now for nutritionists, brand new, yeah. where AI can say we have a patient who yeah. needs to be gluten-free, yes. they need to be dairy-free, yes. they're allergic to strawberries, yeah. and they are also allergic to peach skins or something yes. like that, yeah. and they have uh, an allergy to shellfish. Well, you have to create a, a, a food plan for yes. them. You want yes. to create a menu, and instead of having to individualize for each person, you you push you put this information yeah. into an ai and it spits out some menu plans and that's useful that would be useful yeah. my only hope would be that it's not going to be a mixture of well you could have this gluten-free mac and cheese with cashew milk cheese right. and this other kind of so, crap or whatever i don't want it to be that kind of so a, where the human uh, element answer. comes in and where yeah. i think my element comes in when i write is that you have to have a good bs detector mm, yeah I have a built-in, a very strong BS detector uh-huh. from from childhood because I was, you know, it used to be, you know, I'd look at the commercials on TV and uh, my parents who who endowed me with a spirit of skepticism would kind of question it and say, yeah, but. And uh-huh. so I approach things that way mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that ChatGPT has a good BS detector or ever will have a good BS detector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's more of a complex mental operation mm-hmm. that humans may be endowed with that machines can't necessarily replicate, although obviously they're going to work on that. Mm-hmm. They're going to work on that. Um, yeah. Like, for example, uh, they may be able to um, develop machine learning, and AI to uh, run a politician's speech through mm-hmm. and decide if they're lying from yeah. their speech patterns. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a little scary, right? Right. So, uh, you know, it could also be like a police interrogation tool and mm-hmm. so on, so on, so on. 
But um, so we have to be wary. Yes, we have to know? be wary. And it, I, I worry. The also opportunities that, are exciting, though. Yep, but I also worry about what happens when a totalitarian regime gets a hold of them. Absolutely, things. because. Uh, you know, if you think uh, Hitler's SS and Gestapo and Stalin's, uh, you know, KGB were efficient, uh, forget about it. These tools so magnify the power true. of totalitarian regimes That's true. that it is super scary. Yeah. And, you know, this technology is floating around. Mm -hmm. And all you need is one uh, scientist who's willing to sell his or her soul to the highest bidder. Sure. And, and money talks and it always will. Yeah. So here we are. You're going to get a harnessing of this technology. Yeah. Uh, in bad ways. Yeah. So I think we're in an era where we have to be careful. Absolutely. And. Absolutely. And we shall see. Yeah. I mean, okay. just the genie is thing. out of the bottle. In, in, in medicine, the one application is for radiologists. Radiologists, you know, they have to pour over uh, x-rays and CT scans and MRIs and various yeah. studies. And they have to discern with the naked eye, you know, what's going on here and interpret it with their brains. AI can do a lot of that work. Mm -hmm. But what they... And I so I asked a radiologist, I was talking to him, and uh, I said, will that replace you? And he goes, no, it's simply going to enhance our volume, our ability to cope with a lot of volume. But ultimately, we have to make decisions because mm -hmm. it can present us with uh, a series of options or interpretations, and we have to decide among them. Oh, you it know, could kind of triage. It can also probabilistically say, well, this has a 69% of being a pulmonary embolus, but it also could be, you know, a 22% chance of a... Uh, I'd be fact-checking the AI. Yeah, well... If I was a radiologist, then... Well, it, it's all what about if it's the training. Needed? It's about yes. the training. And the training, yeah. you know, has to yield a certain efficiency, mm -hmm. you know, that they're clinically right yeah. more often than a radiologist. You know, mm -hmm. radiologists make mistakes. That's why we get malpractices. True. They misinterpret things. They True. miss things. And so, just like we now have programs that can play chess better than master chess players, Yeah, we might have AI that reads better than a radiologist, but right. still with some degree of mm -hmm. imprecision, because there's yeah. always going to be that. Now you can 3D print everything. You could 3D yep. print your house. Maybe yep. you can 3D print it. <laughs> so here we are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Louise, thank you for that comment. Dr. Hoffman will be writing his own articles, right. as, as will it, I. One thing else. Yeah. I so enjoy the act of writing. Yeah. I really enjoy you writing do. and synthesizing. I just find, you know, I guess some people say they really enjoy playing a musical instrument. I'm not mm -hmm. musically talented. I don't play a musical instrument. But I just really get in the zone when I write. That's nice. And sometimes I get ahead in these columns and I go, hmm, oh, I'm so ahead, I don't need to write anything this week. I have kind of a yen to write something. Oh, you know? yeah. okay. That's yeah. nice. So I enjoy, I enjoy the process. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. We've got a question here from Max. I'm unable to find your EGCG Ultra on Fullscript. Can you please tell me how to obtain it? Your vitamin K free EGCG? Max, I went on Fullscript. There, there are EGCGs there and the one without any vitamin K, and this is not the only one without any vitamin K, is from Protocol for Life. Okay. So that's a good one to uh, take, but it's there on full script. Okay. And what type of vitamin K are we talking about, K1 or K2? It doesn't say. Vitamin K3. I think, I think you're looking for K2. 
2, which is the MK7 type of vitamin K. Right. But EGCG is mostly standalone. Oh, we talk, oh, wait, we talk we're talking about, about EGCG. K? Oh, I'm sorry. He's asking oh, about an okay. EGCG okay, so, that doesn't contain vitamin got it, K got it, got it, got it. in it. Okay, so EGCG. Um, why are we talking about vitamin K with EGCG? The reason Don't know. being, the reason oh. being is that uh, green tea has a lot of vitamin K in it. Ah, okay. So, what? Why could that be a concern? Vitamin K is a good thing, in, except in one instance when you're taking Coumadin. Yes. Which fewer and fewer people are taking because they're being, it's being replaced with other more modern anticoagulants. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, all of those. And so. Uh, that is the only time, I think, where mm-hmm. there's really a concern about vitamin K is if you're taking Coumadin. And so you probably, if you want to take EGCG, great. You probably want to take one that's low in vitamin K because it might affect your Coumadin. Right. Okay. And and there, reduce the efficacy of the Coumadin to thin your blood. Okay. Okay. So that's Max, what that's about. Max, there's when your I, answer. When I, when I, when I mm-hmm. they now have EGCGs that are not loaded with vitamin K. Okay. Because green tea has a lot of vitamin K. It can, right? Okay. Good to know. Max, there you are. Okay, let's see here. We've got a question here from Chris. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. My two-year-old nephew suffers from severe eczema. We've tried to keep him away from certain foods like eggs and milk, but he still has flare-ups. Can we test him for any vitamin deficiency to see if this is the cause? The allergist has suggested that the next step is just allergy shots, but we still don't know the cause, and I'd like to see if we can find another way. Your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, on the on the high-tech end, there are now medications that are monoclonal antibodies for people with severe eczema. Yeah. I don't know if they're desirable for two-year-olds, but that's beside the point. I think eczema is eminently treatable with diet modification and uh, certain supplements. Yeah. So let's go over the supplements that are helpful. Then we can talk about diet or yeah. either way. Borage oil, maybe a little zinc. Zinc. Maybe a little probiotic for this two-year-old. Yeah. Right? Probiotics could actually yeah. help because it could be gut-related. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even omega-3s. There's omega-3s, not, sure. Not a bad thing, necessarily. Sure. It's a tampon inflammation. I wonder how well curcumin might... But I'm not sure. Uh, Chris mentions removing eggs and milk, but also gluten, because Definitely gluten. yeah, it is sus- suspect in so many things. Mm-hmm. This might be something. Also, want to severe eczema? You want to rule out the obvious, like make sure the laundry detergents are hypoallergenic. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you know the baby wash is fine and all this kind of thing, but. Maybe other places where... We also make sure that vitamin D is adequate because it has, I mean, yes. it's an immune modulator. So right. kids can tolerate, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, 800 or 1,000 of, of vitamin D, Yeah, which used to be the adult dose, but kids do fine on that kids dose. Kids do okay with that, right? Um, yeah. Those are some of the things that I might suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, are allergy shots even that effective for childhood eczema? Allergy shots. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, what... I'm not even sure they are. Yeah. And as far as vitamin deficiencies, yeah, I would imagine being low uh, in some essential fatty acids, possibly being low in zinc, uh, and of course being low in vitamin D. Those would be. I guess they factors. do. They do use allergy shots for eczema, according to this. But you know, 
there's they they say that the allergy shots have about a fifty percent efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so not particularly effective. They're they're less effective than allergy shots for uh, allergic rhinitis or asthma. Allergy shots seem to work better for respiratory allergies than skin allergies. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I would look at the gut. I would look at you know, the GI tract. Uh, I would avoid you know chemicalized food. You know, yes. And, um, things that are treated with herbicides mm-hmm. and so on because Go organic and homemade. Yeah. <clears throat> everywhere possible. Um. Yeah. Chris, that would be the place to start. We hope your nephew feels better soon. Thank you for your question. All right. Well, we've got a question here about nitric oxide. I've been taking the the nitric oxide product for over a year, Berkeley Life. I recently purchased the indicator strips. The measurement yielded a result as low. Can you tell me why I would measure low after taking this product for well over a year? I'm 83, I'm in good health, I eat clean, I exercise by hiking, biking, and skiing. Right. My blood pressure's improved with this skiing product. Skiing 83, God bless. That's great. Yeah. Blood pressure's improved, but I also take Kyolic Age Garlic Reserved and uh, Ubiquinol. This sounds like a model patient. Okay, so the answer is I don't know. And you might want to take it up with the people at Berkeley Life. Yes. Uh, I don't know how to necessarily get in touch with them, but... Um, right. You know, you Take it up with the manufacturer. It should be available on the website or even on the box. Yeah. And uh, it may point to an inaccuracy of the strips. Could be. The strips... They're not infallible. They're not infallible. They could be, like, too old or something. One lot is not working well. Yeah, uh, could be it a bad could be, batch. It could be the peculiar... You know, some people have... Um, some issues with saliva production at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be, though, that indeed you still have low nitric oxide levels, even by ta- even when taking this. But that would be more likely if you were suffering from a, a condition that is associated with low nitric oxide, okay. such as hypertension and or diabetes or some severe inflammatory disorder. Yeah. cardiovascular disease, which this person is not suffering from. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't make sense. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And Giselle, maybe you need to amp up your nitric oxide producing vegetables, your dark green leafies, some celery, some is that It may not be enough. Yeah. It may not be enough. enough. Yeah. Okay. But I, I wouldn't necessarily... When you get a result mm-hmm. that is unanticipated, uh, you sometimes have to question the test. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all of a sudden I get a blood test that's like way out of line. Like, what in the heck is going on? I go, uh, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Let's repeat the test, you know, because it may be a mistake, you know, mm-hmm. somehow. Okay. Giselle, thank you for your question. All right. I mean, the strips with mm-hmm. the nitric oxide, it, it's designed to be a motivator, not a demotivator. In other words, it's like before the tests don't turn... Color. Yes, and yes. then after the tests turn color, it's like yay, it's working. Yay, it's right, 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 right. That, that's exactly. what that's about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's probably something to do with the strips more than anything. Yeah, I, I would look at that first. Okay, they say the time flies when you're having fun, and indeed, you're kidding. This segment, it's time to flip it over to side two. Okay. Um, what can we anticipate inside too? Give us a preview. Alan is asking: Can high vitamin D supplementation cause coronary artery calcium deposits? 
That's a very interesting question, and we'll take that question up in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla Mutin, our uh, address for email is questions at drhoffman.net, and we'll be right back.